Make sure to subscribe to Ben on YouTube so you can stay up to date on everything humble. We got some cool stuff we're about to talk about. So for those of you not looking at get amped up, you guys get amped up with me on a regular. Today I got my man in the house, my man Brad Blazer, who's going to be popping on here real quick. And Brad's a beast. Brad has done tons of stuff. He was an oil and gas CEO, and uh, you know he accomplished a lot of stuff at an early age. And then from there, my, I'll let him tell the story. My man started a mentorship business and all this other stuff. He's been a public speaker all over the all the country and all over the world, really, too. So if you need, if you need to get fired up today, we're going to roll. So without further ado, let me bring on my man of the hour, Mr. Brad Blazer. Welcome to the show, my dude. Thanks so much, man. How you doing, Big Ben? Dude, I'm awesome, man. And and we, you and I have a lot of stuff to talk about here today because we've got some, some pretty cool stuff. I know you're hosting a pretty amazing summit happening, and you've already launched a couple of these things, so May the 2nd, right? So, Brad, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this thing with you. Uh, let's do this. Before I do, I'm going to play this quick video for the summit we're about to do, and then we can talk about it, folks. So, uh-huh. let's roll. Come on, hit it. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, Brad, that's Conquer, man. Conquer the crisis. Let's kick this off, man. Why don't you tell us about Conquer the crisis? Give us the premise of what this thing is and tell us why it matters. Absolutely, man. A couple weeks ago, I was on the phone talking to uh, Matt Knowles, who, of course, is the father to Beyonce and the brainchild behind Music World Entertainment. He lives here in the Houston area, so he and I become pretty good buds. And uh, he was, I won't say complaining, but he was a little upset that a lot of the big speaking events he was booked to speak at over the next couple of weeks were getting canceled. Mm. And he's like, dude, you know, I'm losing a couple hundred thousand dollars in some big time revenue. And I said, Matthew, you're talking to your boy. I was supposed to be out in Vegas at the Young Poor Casino in front of about a thousand people in two weeks. My events canceled. So we started brainstorming and I came up with the idea why don't we host a virtual summit, right? Why don't we bring together these great thought leaders and share our knowledge and share our skills? There are people unemployed all over the place, millions of people raising their hands, asking for help. So I started reaching out to big time people, Bradley, Tim Story, Coach Michael Burt, Matt Knowles, and I put together what I call this A-list power team. And then we started thinking about a name for it. And I came up with the name Conquer the Crisis. Mm. And so we did the first one back at the end of March. We promoted the living daylights out of it. We had almost 600 people registered in nine countries around the world. It was so cool. When we launched on Zoom in the chat room, hello from India, hello from Australia, (laughs) man. It was cool as hell. And I realized that we were affecting people globally. So then after we did it, People started texting me, people started emailing me, and I realized, man, there's a huge demand for this. Let's do another one. Mm. And so I announced basically Conquer the Crisis Summit 2.0. We did that one on April 11th. It went over great. We brought in a couple of new people, Pat Hilton, the Acoustic Force, put together some great music, did a little live streaming event. We had Billy Dorsey, a Grammy Award winner, do a live stream concert. 
And then I said, man, we're going to do a third one. And so the third one, of course, is May 2nd. You're going to be one of our great panelists, hey now. great speakers, bringing the Canadians. We got a lot of folks up there in Canada. Yes, we do. Beasts. And we're just going to grow this. And it was so cool, man, when Tim's story was on and he said, Brad, I love what you're doing. He's like, this is a movement. This is like Live Aid. This is like when all of the big singers came together and recorded that big song, We Are the World for Africa. You're bringing people together for a good common cause. And he said, I'm behind it. We absolutely love what you're doing. So Conquer the Crisis, man, is bringing what I call a world-class team of entrepreneurs, business leaders, big-time thought leaders that are teaching people entrepreneurship, how to use social media, how to make money when a lot of them are laid off just sitting at home. Mm. Dude, see, I love this for one main reason. It's glass half full. Come on, like, it's time to roll, baby. It's already been a month. Everybody's sitting at home. We're feeling sad for ourselves. And, you know, I've been, I've been pushing you folks here since we started this show, you know, almost 30, 30 episodes ago, saying, hey, you're not a victim. If, you, if you're sitting at home playing the victim game, you're making that conscious decision every day. You don't live in any oppression other than the one that's self-induced. So, Brad, I love that you guys would focus on, hey, time to get up, time to go. So if you've been sitting behind, it's time to motivate you. And if you've already been moving and you have momentum, let's accelerate this momentum, man. Let's, let's keep pushing. So I know you mentioned some of the speakers that are going to be there this, uh, you know, this, uh, on May the 2nd here. Give us a little bit of guidance maybe from you. Why would you put this on? I know you're a speaker, but maybe talk about some of your belief systems, man, and some of the stuff that you care about. Uh, let's, let's get into it a little bit here. Like Walk, walk us through. We came into Canada in 1991 with nothing but a will to thrive. They risked everything they had, left behind everyone they knew. The only way out of the country was illegal, and the risk was huge. I adopted the mindset that my parents had of faith and vision for my life. You see, they helped me understand that you get to decide what happens in this world. By the age of 30, I became a millionaire. I refused to accept scarcity, limiting beliefs, or someone else's excuses. So you want to know what the secret is? People ask me all the time, what's the secret? You want to know what it's going to take for you to succeed? Here's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I am known as the guy that helps you change your habits and change your beliefs. I've actually got a trademark on the phrase, the art of beliefology. Mm. The art of beliefology I trademark so that no other coach, no other trainer, no other speaker could ever use that phrase. And really the concept behind that, Ben, is if you change your beliefs, you can dramatically change your future. Dude. Most people are complacent. They've got their creature comforts taken care of. They've got a roof over their head. They got a car. They're putting food on the table. And as coach Michael Burt would say, they lack prey drive, right? Mm. That prey drive, that ambition, that hustle is dormant. Why? Because they got the shit they need. They're not yeah. hungry. Mm. And I feel a lot of times that some of the best effort comes when people are backed into a wall where they got nothing to lose, but they have everything to gain. And then they start hustling and then they start grinding and then they're like, holy shit, I'm making more money doing this than I was doing that. And yeah. they keep on going. And mm. I'll tell you what, what really changed things for me in my life many years ago 
is when I made the decision, I was not going to let myself live a life of mediocrity. Mm. I adopted the mindset of what I call the GoPro attitude. GoPro, you think a guy like a Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods accepts mediocrity in their mm. life. So I treat everything I do as if I'm a professional, right? Right. My fitness. Work out every damn day. I got a trainer. I'm eating nutritious. My business, I got systems. I got structures. I'm doing things daily out of habit, out of ritual. My team does things daily out of habit, out of ritual. We treat everything we do in life like we're a professional. Mm. And as a result of taking that approach, big things happen. Yeah. When you take a casual interest in your future, you know, <laughs> you leave a casual life. You're, you're bobbing around like a cork in the ocean, mm. living life on the defensive. You're not in control. And unfortunately, this just accelerates it even more. I've got a picture right now on my Instagram stories that says this is what coronavirus looks like. And it's a kid sliding down a slide. But instead of a slide, it's a grader. And it's a funniest damn picture, but exactly that's what it is. This coronavirus is just, I mean, it's messing with people's lives. Yeah. And they've got to, like you said earlier, get the, get straight, start talking to themselves so they can see that there is a brighter future and they just got to take action. Mm, I love that. So, man, we can wrap because you're, you're a mentor, you're a thought leader in this space and you coach a lot of people and stuff. Dude, so let's jump into this. I believe that the truth is that folks are not just comfortable, but they're not scared enough. See, we're scared a little bit. We're scared of the things that we don't understand. We're scared of the unknown. Is Corona even a thing? Who knows? Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. I'm sure there's people who are suffering, and I'm going to keep my opinions on that to myself. But at the same time, I also recognize that the fear will always spread faster than the virus. So the truth yes. is, like, listen, if you're scared, I'm scared of the virus. Dude, I'm scared of being broke. I'm scared of my ass having to go back to eating one box of cereal a week because that's what we have to eat. And I grew up as the oldest of nine kids. So listen— what are you more scared about today or the rest of your life? And I think when we start giving that fear perspective, Brad, it becomes a different mindset. It's like, hey, I don't have a choice but to. It's the power of constraint. And I think too many people, you're not putting yourself in a constraint. You're not forcing yourself to go and make it happen. You're expecting yeah. that maybe somewhere, somehow, the job that you had three weeks ago is coming back. The government that was feeding you is going to keep feeding you. You're living in an industrial age mindset, and now all of a sudden we're in a digital world reality where what you were doing may no longer be relevant. So let's talk about the power of constraints and fears, my man. Let's go deep with it because I got, dude, I'm all about the transparency. So teach us, my brother, teach us. Well, you know, it really starts with understanding that your life is really a reflection of decisions and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And most people don't understand that. When I left the oil and gas industry, I took a year off and just basically sat back and said, what in the hell am I going to do? And I did something that unfortunately most people never do. Most people never find what I call their primary skill. That's the one thing that they're really gifted at, that if they just nurtured it and worked on it, and created a little bit more expertise, they could sell that skill for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Mm. And so lucky for me, I found that skill. It was raising money. It was closing. I knew how to talk to people. And so I've taken that skill and I've made hundreds of thousands, you know, a few million dollars with the consulting and working with other businesses. And that's led to speaking and training and all the cool stuff that I'm doing now. But I think a lot of the constraints, like you said, Ben, are not necessarily the fear of failure. I mean, let's face it, many people start businesses and they fail. The biggest fear that I find when I talk to people 
is the judgment of other people. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I do this and I fail, what will my siblings think of me? Or what will my parents think of me? Or what will my close friends think of me? The judgment of other people is actually what holds most people back from moving forward in life, right? I mean, let's face it. People jump out of airplanes. They go swimming in the Great Barrier Reef. People face their fears every day doing cool shit like that. But when it comes to acceleration and moving forward in life and reaching out really for a brighter future, what really holds most people back is simply the judgment of others. Mm. It, we live in a society today where so many people are caught up about, oh, I got to look good or I got to be driving a nice car. Or, I got to be perceived this way. What I've learned by talking to and being around big time people is big time people block out their feelings. They don't listen to their feelings. Mm. They have a dream they have a goal they know exactly what it is they need to do to attain that and mm. then they just go my my philosophy on that is ready um fire aim ready mm. fire aim it's not ready aim fire and the reason is that most people spend way too much freaking time aiming and they never get to pull the trigger mm. so go ahead and just say hey i'm gonna do this and then boom go do it figure it out along the way dude i mean i was 23 years old I quit going to class at college and started an oil company. Do you think a 23-year-old kid without a business degree knows anything at all about running a multi-million dollar company? Hell no. I just printed some business cards and stationery and got on the phone and started calling people. But guess what I knew? I knew there were CPAs that knew the shit I needed to know. Yep. I knew there were securities attorneys that knew the shit I needed Come to know. Come on. And as I became successful, I built a team of people around me, much like you've got in your business. You hire people that have expertise and skills yep. that you lack, and boom, you figure it out along the way. Before you know it, man, you're you're what I call the the magician. You're Dude. the guy right behind the curtain. You get all these people, and all you're doing is you're pulling strings, right? Dude, you're touching and, on so. Dude, we, you're touching on so many things right here, man. I'm, I'm just going to dissect what you're going because you're dropping straight. St I'm going to drop it. There's that. That's for you and for my man, Brad. There's so two Brads. We're getting double bombs here. A couple things you said I want to dissect a little bit because you, sure. you, you're talking about some cool stuff, and I want the folks at home to kind of catch you up to the mindset here. The economy. I got this from one of my mentors, the economy of one, focusing on you. The truth is this. A lot of people are concerned about what everybody else thinks because they got no alignment and no vision of what they need to do. The only, the only thing I focus on is my vision and the alignment and what my calling is on my life. If my purpose is right here, my purpose is my only, only thing that convicts me to do the stuff I need to do. Because the truth yeah. is this, other people cannot give you your purpose, my brother, right? So when we focus on everybody else's opinions, everybody else's life, everybody else's reality, and we get sucked into their vortex and his vortex and her vortex, what happens is we alienate our purpose. We remove ourselves from our distinct calling and now we're living in this land of fear, of scarcity, and, and frankly, we're just lost. That's how I see things. So could you maybe give us some guidance or some clarity on this? That's how I see life, man. The reason why you're afraid is because you're distracted and you never sat down to focus on your purpose and you never sit down to obediently follow that as a calling. And that's why you're focused on everybody else. What do you think about that? I agree 100%. You know, it's real interesting. One of the things I use in my coaching and my training is something we call the beast goal planning guide. As a matter of fact, I'll make it free to anybody that comes me. You 
Boom. I'm going to say that one. Let, let's hit that one more time. Let's hit that one because you're just breaking up there. You're gonna you're giving us some free stuff, man. Come on. I'm going to drop it. You're giving us some free stuff. Yeah. So if you send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at bradblazar.com and just put in the subject line guide. I've got a 13-page goal planning guide that helps people get concrete on their goals. And here's why it's so damn important. Harvard University did a study where they took a group of a couple hundred people okay. and they asked that group, how many of you have clearly defined goals? And about 13% raised their hand. So that leaves 87% of that group that didn't have any damn goals at all. Mm. But then they went even deeper, Ben. What they said is of this group, how many have taken the time to physically put those goals in writing on a piece of paper? Mm. 3% right. out of this huge group of a couple hundred people. And what really amazed me is they followed that group for a couple of years. And at the end, they brought that same group together and they surveyed everybody. And what they found is that the 3% that had taken the time to write their goals down on a piece of paper earned 10 times more mm. than the other 97% combined. Dude, And I believe that the reason that that 3% earned 10 times more on average than the other 97% is that once you put your goals down on a piece of paper, you can bring clarity to them, mm -hmm. and then you can take action. I tell people, goals without action are nothing but dreams. Right. And Mark Cuban says that there's a big difference between being a entrepreneur mm. and being an entrepreneur, right? Mm. The second you take your goals and you put them in writing, you can then figure out who do I need to connect with mm. that can teach me what I need to do to attain that goal. Or what mentors do I need to seek out that can mentor me to move me in the direction of success or to reach that goal? The problem most people have is they're living life today on the defensive. They right. show up for work. They don't have a plan. And in my life, what I do is I use part of my Sundays to sit down and plan my week. I know who I'm going to reach out to, what big connections I'm going to make the people that I need to follow up with to move towards my coaching business. I don't sit there and spend half the damn day on social media. I don't spend all day sitting there at the coffee machine or responding to emails. My day is structured. I know exactly what I'm doing basically every 30 minutes of every day of the week. Because that's how big time people think and that's how big time people get a lot of stuff done. And you gotta the organize other thing I think also, Ben. Go ahead, you got to organize, as they say, Zig Ziglar, Sam, man, you got to plan your work and then what? You got to work your plan. Yeah. Right. That's right. That is so important. And when I sit down and I look at the structure for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners, they lack structure. They don't have systems. And I tell them, you're never going to scale your business and grow to a seven or an eight or a nine figure business unless you bring systems and structures that you can replicate. So you can train your people that this is the way we do things in our business so that you don't have to then train somebody. That person that is trained can then train other people and you can start building departments mm. and actually start scaling. And then you have teams of people. That's why I built a big oil company where we are raising millions of dollars a month with a staff of 35 people on our payroll. But I think the biggest constraint a lot of people have, man, is this they think too small. Mm. You know, they think too small. They're not really looking to a bigger, brighter future. And I think the job of a really good coach or a really good mentor, Ben, is to see the potential in people 
and then ultimately to work with them so they start seeing it in themselves. Right. Because once you start nurturing somebody and you start recognizing their potential and you start creating habits and reinforcing those habits, they start to say, wow, I see more potential in me than I thought I had. Mm. And all of a sudden they start doing things that move them forward to a level of success they never thought was possible. I'll give you an example. By the way, if you guys are interested in real estate investing and you are in Canada, I wrote a book here called Real Estate Secrets Exposed. Learn how to actually make money virtually, which is cool, from the comfort of your home. Yes, it is possible if you understand the value and how to do wholesaling. And if you don't know anything about wholesaling, you need to grab this book. It's absolutely free. There's no page numbers. There's nothing else in there. It's just ready to go, though. Humble.ceo to grab your free copy. I hired a guy or a guy hired me as his coach and he was extremely overweight. He said, man, one of my big goals is I want to get fit. I want to lose about 100 pounds. And so after we signed him up and I swiped his credit card, I said, Stu, here's what I want you to do starting tomorrow morning. I want you to get up an hour earlier than you typically do, and I want you to go jog three miles. And, and there was like a hesitation, like, I can't even make it around the block, dude. You want me to go jog three miles? And I said, no, I was just kidding with you. But here's what I do want you to do. I said, I want you to get up an hour early and I want you to go for a walk mm -hmm. briskly for half an hour. Swing your arms, get out there and just walk. Do that for three days. On the fourth day, here's what I want you to do, Stu. I want you to walk from one light pole to the next. And then I want you to jog from that light pole to the next. Mm. And then you can walk and then you jog. You're going to alternate every other light pole. Walk, jog, walk, park. Do that for three days. And on the fourth day, you're going to double the distance. Well, shit, a month later, the dude's jogging three miles like there ain't no tomorrow. And so we were having a call last week on our one-on-one, -on -one, and this kid has lost almost 75 pounds. But here's the big thing love that it. came out love of that, Ben. He said, you know, I remember when you started working with me, Brad, you talked about the importance of positive affirmations and the things that I say to myself, like when I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And for the last 15 years, every time I looked in the mirror in the morning, I saw a big, overweight, ugly dude that I didn't like looking mm. back at me. But today, I saw something different. Mm. I saw an athlete. Wow. And I said, that's the revelation. That is the aha moment that we've been focusing on. Because now your belief about yourself is you're not a fat dude. You're an athlete. So what do athletes do? They eat yeah. nutritiously. They work out. They go to the gym. And I said, Stu, I have no doubt you're going to lose the extra 30 pounds and you're going to become the athlete that you wanted to be. And this guy's life is completely transformed. It started with one small habit, mm. reinforcing that daily that now has changed his belief system. And so his belief about himself has been transformed. And that's basically what I do is I work with people to alter that belief system. Mm. And so it starts with that. I'm going to drop, by the way. I'm giving you one of those because that, with, I just love that story, man. That. It starts with it. And we talk about and this. Dude, this, we could be on the show for hours today, by the way, because there's so much value that we, that we discuss in here. So a couple of things I want to touch on here real quick. First of all, the limiting beliefs. I talk about this quite a bit is the, the three yeah. different models of three different types that I've learned a long time ago. You got the external, the internal, and then the limiting beliefs about a vehicle or, or a certain piece. And, you know, the biggest and most difficult ones to overcome really are those internal dialogues. It's that negative conversation. It's that negative, um, you know, that negative influence that you're putting out there. Other people are putting in. And I think accountability starts with this, a ballpoint pen. This is accountability. You take this and you write down every day 
exactly what you need to accomplish. And if you're not willing to do this, then what you need to do is take this ballpoint pen and mm-hmm. write a check. Write a check to somebody else who's going to write it down for you. This is where it starts. And if you're not willing to do this, the truth is that you're, all you're going to do is you're going to keep, you're, you're going to try in your mind, in your subconscious to try to figure this stuff out. And you have to, at some point, get it out of your body. You got to get it out of your mind, get it out of your body so that you can, at some point, look at it logically and non-emotionally. Because what you're doing is you're having a thought, then you're reacting to a thought. You're having a thought, then you react to a thought. It doesn't help you. So I think accountability, man, I think is the biggest driver. And to the degree to which it costs you, to the degree to which how much money you spend is the degree to which you take it seriously. If, dude, if I pay you, Brad, let's say I'm going to pay you $100,000 for a month of coaching, do you think I'm going to pay attention? Oh, yeah. Hell gonna, yeah. Better. I better, right? But if, if I get it for free, if I get it for free and then you call me and say, dude, did you do your jogging today? I'm probably inclined maybe not to answer the phone if it's too cold outside or whatever. So it has to cost. Folks, it has to cost you. When you pay money for mentorship, you're not paying for the mentor. You're paying for you. See, you've got to solidify that commitment with a cost. you got to buy your accountability. That's how that works. So you can start with this or write a big check, but you're going to have to do this anyways. When you try to – the problem is this. When you try to mature just from your own internal feelings and your own mindset, what you're doing is there's two different things here. Brad, I think you've got great intuition, and that comes from wisdom discernment and applying a practical knowledge a lot of other people they use in what they use in emotions and they call it intuition yeah. i feel like this i feel like that intuition is not an emotional conversation with yourself intuition for me is just about wisdom understanding and making extremely calculated mature decisions and then executing on those understanding the risks and the rewards so could you dissect that because you touched on that and you just blew right by it man and i want to just pull back a little bit to that whole idea of emotional mindset, accountability, and, and intuition. Where does that play into some of your maybe business experience or some of the mentorship that you do? Well, you know, I think a lot of it starts with a person really looking at themselves introspectively and saying, what's the life I've led up to now? And what's the life I want to lead going forward? Mm. And one of the things that I do in my coaching experience is I get people basically to apologize to themselves. Mm. It's sitting down and basically saying, you're sorry to yourself for living a life of mediocrity and not pushing yourself to greatness. Because I think really the biggest person you've got to sell is yourself. Mm. You've got to sell yourself. It's like you just said, on the accountability, it's showing up every damn day. It's doing the things that big time people do. Whether they like to do it or whether they don't like to do it, they do it. They get the shit done. It's funny. There was a concert uh, that I heard about. I didn't see it, but I heard about this where I think it was Lady Gaga was on stage performing. And she wasn't feeling good that night. And she literally, right in the middle of a song, turned around and threw up on stage and turned around like there went no tomorrow and continued the song and the show went on. And the guys are like, man, that's damn sexy. That's a pro right there, man. No matter what, this lady's going to give the audience one hell of a show because she's what? A professional. She's mm. there mm. holding herself accountable, even though she probably should have been back home in bed, right? Drinking chicken soup because she wasn't feeling good that night. It's the accountability. And so I tell people, the first thing you've got to do is make a decision. What type of a life and a lifestyle do you want for you? for your family, for your 
your, your, you know, for the people that are around you. The thing I always tell people about wealth and money is the good it can do for other people. It's not just a nice car or a big mansion. It's the good it does for other people. Right. Philanthropy, helping friends in need, helping your siblings, whatever the hell it is, spread that money around because it comes back to you in spades tenfold. But the thing that you've got to do is sell yourself. The thing that I found in business is there's a tremendous amount of self-talk. Right. When you start as an entrepreneur, there are a lot of naysayers and there are a lot of haters. The journey of an entrepreneur is a very lonely journey until you reach a level of success where people are like, holy crap, he's done exactly what he said mm. he was going to set out to do. So and when then you get started, people are like, are you crazy to do this? What do you know about doing that? Or yeah. are you going to leave the security of your 401k and your health benefits and all that goodness you have over here to go to the land of unknown? Well, hell yeah, I am. And this yeah. is why I'm going to do it. The mm. problem is that everybody else projects their failure on you mm. because it makes them feel better about themselves. Come on now, preach. That's the biggest problem that most other people have is they listen to that noise and then they buy into that shit. Yep. And what you've got to realize is if you're going to be successful is you've got to block out that noise and you've got to use your fear as motivation mm -hmm. to prove other people wrong. Dude, I love it. Once you do that and you start moving forward and creating that momentum, all of a sudden those people that were your naysayers become your followers and your supporters mm -hmm. and your advocates. Yep. And you go from this little person that everybody doubted to all of a sudden this big badass that everybody looks up to, and that's the journey of an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I started my damn oil company and I dropped out of school and quit going to class, my parents looked at me like, what the hell are you doing, selling drugs? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got straight F's last semester because you quit going to class. You dropped out of school and I was the black sheep of the family. I was in a family of four. Mm -hmm. And then one year during the holidays, old Brad comes driving home in a brand new Porsche. And my brother comes running out the door saying, dad, oh my God, you got to see this. Brad's got a brand new sports car. And all of a sudden I was no longer the black sheep. It was like, we like to introduce you to our son. He's a CEO. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Here's my son, the CEO. Dude, I love that. I love you know, it. I but you're right. 25 years old and I was having the time of my life. Let's jump into that, man. Cause I, I love that you went kind of to that pace. When you start off, the people that you know aren't the people that you're going to know when you're wealthy. Let's just call it what it is. You're yeah, going to yeah, get around different circles. Good. You're going to get around. The thing that sometimes people forget is this. They say, hey, Brad, dude, I'm afraid, man. I'm scared. I'm whatever. But if you're a competitive individual, and I would say to an extent, you're a very much a driving personality if you're trying to be an ambitious entrepreneur or CEO. If that's you, though, you got to realize this. You going to let somebody else overcome their limiting beliefs, but you can't do yours? See, that's the exactly. competition. It's a psychological warfare before it's ever a financial warfare. So you got to figure that part out. Dude, if Cousin Jimmy could go make a million dollars or 10 million or whatever it is, Cousin Jimmy that much better than you? You know, is, is the guy who came from oppression and poverty that much better than you? Is the guy, like, where is, the, where is your self-worth? You got to step up and you got to be arrogant a little bit. And I, you know, I don't mean being egotistical. I mean, you've got to accept that you're capable. And if you got to, if you see that as arrogance or whatever, or as, or as, or his ability, however you define that in your own mind, you've got to recognize if this guy can do it, so can I. And then you need yep. to keep your mouth shut and go to work. And what's going to happen is it's eventually going to catch up. As you work, as you grow, as you work, as you grow, you get noticed. You get noticed. You get noticed. And then you'll have staples in your life when you pull up in that Porsche. 
when you got a million dollars on the balance sheet, when you move to that big property, when you do whatever it is that you do where, the, where all of a sudden the manifestation of what you've been doing becomes physical, because that's where it starts. They got to start up here, and then it manifests somewhere. Then they're going to come back and say, wow, dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. What that's the way this works. So you're 100% right. It's not even that they, yep. don't, that they don't. Listen, folks, I don't think people criticize you because you know, they want you to fail. I think critic, people criticize you because they, they just don't know any different. They don't know another life exists. They think you're crazy because they can't wrap their head around it. People lack vision. If you're born and you've got one of these personalities like me, since I was a little kid, I'm, I'm going to do big things. That's it. Period. I'm going to do big things. I don't know how or where or whatever, but I'm going to do it. It's that simple. So if you've got that in your mind, and maybe you're the black sheep, maybe you're the rebellious one, but dude, ain't nothing wrong with rebellious people. They changed the world. Am I right? So keep going on this thought, man, because you're touching on some pretty awesome stuff here. Would you keep, yeah, I mean, keep you're developing? A, you're this? absolutely right. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been a triathlete and I've been a marathon runner. And I tell people that, yes, there definitely is a level of fitness to go out and run a marathon. But really, it's a race of the mind. You know, when yeah. you're 18 miles into a marathon, your mind starts playing tricks on you going, man, I could be at home watching TV, eating a cheeseburger. I could be doing a lot of other shit and I still got another eight miles to go. You start talking to yourself, oh, it's just around the corner, the finish line, just another, you know, you start having what David Goggins calls those conversations. Yeah, with man, psyche. let's go. And I've learned a long time ago by listening to Goggins that when he was a SEAL, the SEALs had this thing called the 40% rule, yeah, right? That's right. It's when your mind is telling you that you're fatiguing, you're tired, your yeah. body has really only given 40% of what it's capable of delivering. Your fucking mind has to tell the body to come up with the other 50 to 60%. Yeah. So when you finally quit, you're exhausted both mentally and physically, and your body can't deliver anymore. Mm -hmm. Most people quit at 40%. Yeah. It's yeah. just like following up in the sales process. Most salespeople stop following up after three or four attempts when studies have shown it takes seven to 15 touches, both literally and nominally, to take somebody from a prospect to a consumer. Well, hell, how many more sales do you think a business would see if their salespeople knew that and they just went the damn distance, right? Yeah. So a lot of what I teach and a lot of what I write about and a lot of what I tell people is you've got to understand that you've got to block out that white noise. You've got to block out the haters, the naysayers, all the people basically that are the doubters mm -hmm. and really just have confidence in yourself because at the end of the day, like you said earlier in the show, the only person really that you need to care about is the economy, yeah. right? It's, it's me. It's all about me becoming the best version of myself. There's a great, great video on YouTube, man, that I just absolutely love. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I'm going to bring it to your attention. It was Matthew McConaughey when he won the Academy Award back in 2014. And he got up there. And he got the, the trophy and he looked out at the audience and he said, there are three people here tonight that I would like to thank. The first person is our good Lord above because I pray to the Lord and he's blessed my career. And of course, today I'm here winning an Academy Award and I'm considered one of the best actors in Hollywood. Hmm. The second group that I'd like to thank is my beautiful wife and my family. I love you, Camelia. You've been my rock. My and then he out at the audience and he starts staring at all these big time celebrities like Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson and Brad Pitt. And everybody thinks he's going to mention one of those people. Mm -hmm. And he says, the third person I want to thank is myself. Mm -hmm. 
because I'm in competition with myself. And every day I wake up, I want to be a better version of me. And that's what propels me forward. That's who I'm competing with. I'm not competing with the Brad Pitt or the Tom Cruise or the Jack Nicholson or all the other great actors here tonight. The person I'm competing with is Matt McConaughey because Matt McConaughey wants to wake up every single day and become a better version of himself. Mm. And I thought that was such a strong message that I've taken that and I've endeared myself to that so that in my fitness, when I go to the gym, I'm competing against myself faster, more weight, whatever it is I'm doing. This year, I want to make more money and have more sales than last year. And so I think a lot of competing in life is don't compare yourself to other people. Be on a race and compete with yourself. Yeah. Because if you compete with yourself and you're constantly moving and improving and working to make yourself better, and you're working to make yourself a better version of you, you will ultimately get where you want to be. Mm. I love that. It's when you start competing with other people and saying, oh, shit, he's got a Ferrari and I'm driving a Yugo or he's living in an 8,000 square foot home with a pool and I'm over here in my little $880,000 starter home that you start sabotaging your psyche and your success because now you give up. Mm. You think there ain't no tomorrow or there ain't no ever. And what you've got to start realizing is the only person really in life you're competing with is just yourself. Yep. Work on becoming a better version of you every day. And by doing that, Ben, you're going to continue to move forward because you can look back five years from now and say, man, here's where I was. Here's where I am. And it's all because simply I kept moving forward. Money follows motion, mm. right? There's three stages to any business, growth, stagnation, and entropy. If you're not moving forward, man, your business is dying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what's what happening it is. right now with coronaviruses. Yeah. Businesses are closed. There's layoffs. And I guarantee for a lot of the entrepreneurs that are not moving forward, creating forward motion, they're going to be out of business mm. if they're not already. Yeah. So let's talk on that. I mean, a couple of things you touched on that I want to share. So you're talking about comparison. I think there's two kind of big issues. Comparison to me is the root of all evil. Money ain't got nothing yep. to do with it. Money's not good or bad or ugly. Money's just money. It's what people do with it. Comparison. And the other one is compassion. People are comparing each other all day. They compare to you. You compare to them. And you're gauging apples to oranges. You're not even in the apples to apples game. So there's no validity to that comparison because where one person started, you're assuming the financial reward or the financial premise is going to have the same or, or greater effect on this side. But they may they might have a million dollars in the bank but hate their life. They might have a, a house over here, but maybe they, they're completely morally broke or bankrupt over here. And the other, one is, the other one is compassion. You see, folks in your life, they're going to have compassion towards you. But not all compassion, I think, is a productive compassion. Hey, Johnny, you know what? I, I feel bad for you. Just be who you are, Johnny. Don't shoot for too much, Johnny. You don't, you don't need more than what you got, Johnny. Johnny, that's for greedy people. That's for rich people. That's for those kind of people. You don't want to be those kind of people. So then your compassion becomes comparison. So the, the, the problem with this, folks, is that it feels good, right? It feels good to criticize and compare. It feels good when mom says, hey, don't worry, Johnny. You're perfect the way you are, right? Listen, you're made in God's image, but, but God didn't tell you just to stop growing at, at five. You got to keep going. I love what Ed Milet said one time. He's like, I want to double my effectiveness every year. So by the time I'm an old man, that guy is so much greater than who I am today. I can't even imagine him because yeah. it's always about the push, always about the growth. Always about just keep going. Like, why would you stop growing? A blue? If you're a tree, an oak tree, and you're developing and blossoming and growing, why would you stop? You get to a certain point, and so many people get to 17, and they become the same person as they are at 70. 
You never grew. You stayed bitter. You stayed whatever. You never got more skills. Never got more wisdom. Never got more discernment. You never, you never got more gratitude, more thankfulness, more abundance thinking in your life. So I love, I love what you're touching on, man, because I think it's so critical, especially right now. People are at home, yep. Brad. They're, they're at home. They're scared. Their job isn't what it used to be. They're, all of a sudden, the reality got interrupted. Boom. That's it. Your reality now is you're sitting at home eating bonbons, watching Tiger, Lion, Prince King, whatever that thing's called, and you're watching this show, and, and you're like, what am I doing? So can you give us maybe some, give us some, some coaching, man. Give us some practical advice for people. Like, they're stuck. What should they do or what can they do? I think right now, more than ever, you've got to look at yourself and start thinking outside the box. I'll give, I'll give you a great example. Mm. One of the guys I coach lives in Knoxville, Tennessee, and in his family, there's been a history of owning and operating barbershops. Mm. Okay, this guy's been cutting hair for 30 years Got a great barbershop there, great business, but they're closed. It's not an essential business. So his people are laid off. He's closed. And he's just sitting there at home going, what in the hell can I do? Hmm. Last week on Saturday, he looks at his wife and he says, I know what I'm doing. He grabbed his clifters. He grabbed his scissors. He got in his Cadillac SUV and he went out to a fairly affluent neighborhood that's there. And he started knocking on doors. He had on his shirt, the logo of his barbershop. He had his license and he basically just went door knocking, said, Hey, you know, I'm the owner of Cliff's barbershop downtown. We're closed. I'm going door to door. Just was wanting to stop by and see if need a haircut. Enough people invited him in that day and said, sure, come on in, sat down in the living room or the kitchen, wherever the hell it was and said, Hey, you want a beer while you're here? Sure. Got to know new people, but more importantly, he said, Brad, in my barbershop, I usually cut hair for 25 or 30 bucks and people were giving me $100 tips. Why? Because I'm out there and I'm in motion and I'm doing stuff that nobody else is thinking about doing. That day, the kid made $1,000. Mm. And I said, you're on to something. I said, mobile barbershop. I love that. Maybe we've got a whole new business model. Maybe you can wrap a van. And you can franchise this. If you're making $1,000 a day cutting hair, going door to door, how much more do you have to do before you start to realize that the rent and the overhead on that brick and mortar business no longer makes sense? Yeah. And so I think for a lot of people is they've got to start thinking outside the box and saying, what can I do? What are my skills? And then start just taking action. Did he think twice about going door to door to let mm -hmm. his fears hold him back? No, mm. the guy just said, I'm going to go try this. And if it works great, if it don't, well, shit, I just learned another thing that don't work. Yeah. You see, the great thing about entrepreneurs and about big people is they understand that failure is good. It's okay to fail, right? Look at how many times Thomas Edison failed or look at how many times Colonel Sanders failed with Kentucky Fried Chicken. If you ever read those stories, mm -hmm. when you fail at something, you've just learned another way that don't work, Right. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again with That's the right. expectation of getting a different result. But if you That's learn right. through trial and error, you're one step closer to success. Mm. And here now, this guy's been out every day making thousands of dollars a day, more than he was making running a barbershop with brick and mortar and all these responsibilities. And in his mind, he's starting to think, maybe I got a brand new idea here. Yeah. He's created a new logo. He's created a new business and he's moving forward in that direction. And mm. I think that's what people have to do. 
If you're a restaurateur, we all know you got curbside pickup. Mm. There's stuff you can be doing to promote the fact that you're still open, but you've got to leverage your social media. You've got to leverage your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever you've got. And you've got to increase your intensity in that direction because we're moving into a digital age. I mean, I'm telling people right now, man, we're already, there. Got we're cash, already there, man. We you are better there. be stocking up and buying the shit out of Zoom stock yeah. and Netflix and all of these things that are tied to technology, if they got stock, be buying it, man, because that's the stuff that's going to be going up over mm. the next couple of years. For a lot of people, they don't understand how to use this technology. That's why we hold summits like Conquer the Crisis. We bring people on like Jonathan Hawkins, who's the chief marketing officer for Lightspeed, right? We bring people that understand funnels and how to create triggers and how to design systems so that if you've got a product or service, you can promote that online and start generating massive amounts of revenue. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of money to create a funnel or a landing page and start selling something. Yep. It just takes time. Yeah. Let me and add one piece to that. Sitting at home on your ass, you got plenty of time. You got right, it, man? man. You got it. Let me add one piece to that, man. Curiosity, man. Stay humble and keep being curious. You see, part of the way that I, I like to grow is Every day I want to do something more. It's the book, The Slight Edge in business, right? So every day I want to do a gradual improvement what I'm doing so that there's a residual effect that starts happening. So the, the barbershop is a perfect example. Hey, maybe one day I'll just drive around and door knock. Hey, maybe I'll let her up this thing. Hey, maybe I'll carry a chair with me that I can roll out and put in the grass and I'm starting to cut there. Hey, maybe I can add an additional product or service while I'm in the thing. Hey, maybe I can also, you know, while I'm there, I could also do another. It's a gradual daily improvement. And Brad, I think a lot of people, they get to like, what's the answer, man? What's the business in a box that I can just press the button and then it's done? And the problem with that logic is that it's going to die. It has to. At some point, technology or somebody who's hungrier than you will keep creating a better and better mousetrap and a better and a bigger box. So once you have an idea, run, run at it. Scale with speed, yeah. like my boy Judge, Judge Graham would say. Uh, scale, like go quick at that idea. But then as soon as it's not working, as soon as you need to pivot, keep improving, keep improving every day. It becomes an improvement. So when you look at it six months from now, guess what you've done? You've created a blue ocean versus trying to be in a red ocean of competition. Everybody wants to sell the same product in the same way. And then all they do is they end up competing on price. But we know there's only one lowest cost provider of any good or service. It can't be you. You don't want to be that. Like, do you, I don't want to be in that business, man. I'd rather bring more value. So talk to us about business a bit, because I know you're big on, on, on developing company culture, and you, and you do a lot of trainings with companies and helping them develop their teams. Could you give us some insight on that world a little bit uh, for folks who are business owners? Because we got business owners who listen to the show here. Um, give, give us some of the nuts and bolts of that in your opinion, brother. Yeah, so my, my, my second book, which came out called Put Some Thrive in Your Hive, talks really about creating a culture in business, which is it's so important. Mm. And what I've found in talking to entrepreneurs and talking to people is there's there's a huge disconnect between what employers and managers think their people want. And in reality, what those people want when you actually sit down and you talk with them, a lot of business owners and managers think that you need to be giving what I call cash bonuses, monetary rewards to really motivate your salespeople or your, 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 your people that work for you. That's not true at all. What most employees really want is praise and recognition. They want a pat on the back. They want to be appreciated. They want to know that they're valued. They want transparency with regards to the business and the direction the business is going. 
And so one of the things that I really teach managers and leaders is you've got to spend time to really sit down and get to know your people. Mm. What do they want? What drives them? What are their goals? And then you got to sit down with them and say, you know, hey, I hear what you're saying. Let's figure out a way to create some goals and metrics Mm. so that we can start moving you forward within the organization to actually move in that direction so that you have growth and so that you have a vision. Mm -hmm. And so that you can see yourself growing into a bigger person within our organization. Mm. Dangle that carrot, as I call it. But what I find with a lot of businesses is that they don't have praise and recognition programs. People Mm. just show up, they do their job, they're not appreciated, the manager leaves, he doesn't really know people. So one of the things that I did as an example, when I had my oil company, is every other Friday, I took everybody out for lunch. Mm. We went to a really nice restaurant, we left the office, we shut down early, we all went out, got to know each other, and it was kind of a social event, and what I knew is everybody in my company looked to lunch with the CEO every other week. Mm. That was something that we did. And it got to the point where they looked forward to that. Right. Because if they were rewarded and they were praised and they were recognized, I knew that they would be a culture where they would all work together. The biggest problem most businesses have is they have a bunch of people working for them, but the people working for them are only there probably 40%. They're thinking about another job. They're thinking about other shit. They're thinking about everything else going on in their life when they're not fully focused, giving their employer 100%. Mm. And so the way that you do that is you have recognition and you have praise. The biggest praise people can get is in front of their peers. Remember what we talked about earlier? The biggest fear people have is the judgment of other people. That's right. That's right. But if you're being praised in front of other people, Mm. what does that do? It makes you feel good. It makes you feel great. It builds you up. So in any organization, one of the things I teach the leaders to do is to praise others in the presence of their peers, because that's how you're going to get respect. The other thing also is you got to walk the talk, man. You got to be willing to do everything in that organization that you're asking other people to do. Mm. And the biggest problem I see with a lot of managers is they're not willing to get down in the trenches. Mm. When they go out on a sales call, they don't say, hey, why don't you ride with me this afternoon? Just shadow me, learn from me, let me mentor you. Hmm. Because when you ride together with somebody, what you find is you get to know that person. That person wants you to look up to you. And so many people overlook that. Hmm. In leadership today and in management today, a lot of people show up as leaders, but Hmm. they fail to lead. Hmm. And Hmm. so you really have to lead by example. People, people show up as leaders, but they failed to lead. I love that, man. I love it. Exactly. You have to basically lead by example. But more importantly is you also have to have what I call one-on-ones with your direct reports. Mm. You got to sit down and you got to find time to connect with people and say every week or every other week, I want to just spend 20, 30 minutes with you. Mm. Find out what's going on in your life. Find out what's going on here at work. Find out if there's anything we can be doing to make your job easier or better mm. and show them that you really care about them as a person. Because once you show people you care, man, they'll give you 110%. I love it. I love it. Dude, that's that's so powerful. This Guys, there's so many lessons here. And if you folks are, um, I, I want to drop the book here on the screen. Can we appear? So uh, put some thrive in your hive. Throw that up there. Folks, I want you to grab this book. I want you to connect with Brad. Um, Brad, it's been such a powerful conversation, man. And I, I, there's so much stuff that we can keep talking about. But I, I, what, here's what I want everybody to do. I want you to go ahead and get registered 
for May the 2nd, you know, for Conquer the Crisis. And uh, we'll drop the link here as well. on the what's, what's the best place they can get registered right now, Brad, for this event? The best place they can get registered is uh, on my Instagram stories or on my Instagram feed. There's a link there. They'll easily see it. Or they can go simply to uh, www.bradblazer.com backslash conquer slash the slash crisis slash summit. But the easiest thing to do is just go to Instagram or Facebook. The links are there. I've sent you a copy of the link. And I guarantee you, that is a day that can literally transform and change a person's life. We've Mm. got some of the biggest thought leaders, some of the biggest entrepreneurs, you know, Matt Monero, you know, yes. Judge Graham, you yes, know, of I course do. yourself, me, Coach Michael Burke Bradley, Bobby Castro down in Florida, who mm. sold his company for a billion dollars. Yeah, it's huge. And this huge. dude didn't have anything more than a ninth grade education. That's right. The kid was the ninth grade dropout and he built a business <laughs> and sold it for a billion. And now Bobby's got like $350 million in multifamily mm. living the great life. And that guy known as Mr. Racket and Stack It, right? Mm-hmm great guy to learn from. I love it. So we're going to have some awesome people here. And I'm just so thankful for you as being a thought leader and educator, a mentor, and just putting the thing on, man. So folks, if you're at home, there's never been more opportunity with summits and education and personal development than there is right now. So what I want you to do is head over to my man's YouTube page. There it is. It's right there on Instagram, Brad Brad Blazer on IG, and uh, get signed up today. Brad, any last couple words here for our folks before we wrap up the, the, the show today? Yeah, a couple things. Number one is you brought up a great point, and that is the knowledge is out there, folks. There's tons of podcasts. There's tons of books. There's tons of knowledge. Soak that shit up. The biggest problem, though, is that when you get exposed to that knowledge, take action on it. Do something, man. Learn it. Come on. Execute. Just don't read a book and then forget about it or set it aside. Don't listen to a podcast or attend our summit. And then think you can't do take action because you got to move forward. Money follows motion. And as you're learning and as you're getting these new skills and you're learning how to create funnels or you're learning how to invest in real estate or you're learning how to do something, don't let your fears hold you back. Mm -hmm. Think big thoughts. Think about the person you can become and then hire a coach or find a mentor and move into that bigger, brighter future. Because I guarantee for everybody out there, there is a bigger, brighter future. The place you do not want to be later in life when you're in your 80s or your 90s looking back is saying to yourself, man, I had so much potential, but I didn't live up to my potential. I had so much opportunity and I didn't seize it. And you get to a point in life where you look back and you're disappointed, not at others, but at yourself, because that's when in life you realize that you were given the chance, you were given the knowledge, but you failed to act. I love Folks, it. we're putting on a huge summit, I love and it. I Let's... guarantee there's a lot of great people with a lot of great ideas, mm. but don't just come and sit in front of your computer and learn and not, not take action or execute or move forward with an idea that's been floating around in your mind for the last six months or the last year. It's like Mark Cuban says, man, there's a difference between being a entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur. There you go. You want to be an entrepreneur and move in the direction of riches and wealth? 
or do you want to be dreaming the rest of your life and never closing and moving forward on your goals and your I, dreams? I love it. I love it. Folks, awesome, awesome. Uh, Brad, thank you so much for being here, man. This is such a powerful uh, convo. Folks, make sure you get signed up. Have a great day. God bless you. Hey, it's Ben Humble. Thanks for checking out the show. If you like what my guest is talking about and you're getting massive value from it, then scroll to the bottom, open up the description, and follow them on social media. Support them, connect with them. Just scroll down there, click the link, and let's roll. Stay humble. Make sure to subscribe to Ben on YouTube so you can stay up to date on everything humble. Featuring daily episodes of the Humble Podcast and weekly video content providing motivation, real estate strategies, and personal development for everyday life. Also, follow Ben on Facebook and Instagram for daily interactions. Check out Humble.ceo and download a chapter of Ben's new book, From Communism to Capitalism, absolutely free.